Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Sports Pitch, the very first. Uh, disclaimer, this episode you're about to listen to was recorded two months ago. This is a taster episode to get a feel about what the podcast is like. So, of course, we hope you enjoy it. And, yes, I hope you enjoy it once again. I'm George. Over to George again. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Sports Pitch. The LA Rams win Super Bowl 56 and PSG have the advantage. Everybody, let's get into discussing this. Of course, I'm joined with my co-host, Dad. Hi, Chris Potter here. And we're going to talk and start off about that LA Rams win. Wow, about a minute and 50 seconds ago, and I think they were down. And they just scored that last minute touchdown to win the whole Super Bowl. How do you feel? Yeah, no, it's absolutely amazing. Uh, obviously, I went to bed after the first quarter because I couldn't stay up for the whole thing. So that's what I was on the highlights. And when I went to bed, the Rams were ahead and looked completely and utterly in control. And then just before I dropped off, they scored another touchdown to put the Bengals just way on the back foot. And I thought, this is it. It's just going to be an absolute rout. And then I woke up to find out it was one of the closest games in history. And I'm annoyed I went to bed. Having said that, George, do you know what time it finished? 3.30 in the morning. 60 minutes of play took over four hours. And that's the problem with American football. Yeah, they? that is the problem. It's just the time. It just goes on for hours. All these stoppages. If they had that in Premier League, oh, that would be so annoying. But the Bengals were so good in the last, in the last quarter. They took... It took over the game, but the Rams, they were too good. I wanted the Bengals to win just because I like their colours. And they've never even won a, a Super Bowl in history. Oh, there's that as well. Yes, yes. And LA have. And I don't, I don't particularly warm to LA because I think they moved to St. Louis or something like that. They would, they, they're not actually, it's a franchise, George. It's not a town club. Because they were in St. Louis until... Or it might money, be money making. It, money, it is, it's a bit of money making. It is all about money. And and also, that's why the game takes so long. I was asking somebody who knows about these things, because I was watching and I'm thinking, I know they have to bring on their attack and defence and swap them around when the ball, there's a turnover of the ball, which you don't get in other sports. But there's no excuse for 15 minutes of play to take an hour. And he explained to me, no, that's not what the issue is. It's that they have to go to the advertisers every 10 seconds. Ridiculous. Moving on to another money-making team. And it's just, I just want to say, and it's a shame, because I think the game is great. American <laughs> football, absolutely love American football. And the highlights is fantastic. But sadly, I think you have to watch it on the highlights. Anyways, what I was going to say, moving on to another money-making team. Uh, PSG beat Real Madrid in the Parc de Prince 1-0 with Kylian Mbappe 94th minute goal which I believe went nutmeg he nutmegged Danny Carver Howe and he sealed the deal putting in the top in the bottom left of the goal yeah yeah no ab- absolutely superb I mean Real Madrid uh, Paris Saint-Germain 
a game you want them both to lose and for them both to be knocked out of the competition. Um, sadly, it's only going to be one of them knocked out. And I think it would be nice, actually, to see PSG progress. Yeah, P- PSG looked like they could have scored three or four goals. Uh, they were they were very good. But Real Madrid had some chances. But uh, you're going to have to wait till next week to find out the rest yeah. of that one. Yeah, Mbappe's the man. Mbappe's a, I is it Mbappe or Haaland? I think I probably want Mbappe in my side rather than Haaland. I mean, they're both machines. Obviously, there's Lewandowski as well because you get him in. Actually, Lewandowski, I think, would probably suit British football better than either of the other two, really. But yeah, let's hope we see one of those three um, in England next season, hopefully playing for Man United. Welcome to the second part of this podcast well, we're going to talk about Man United's manager, Ralph Rangnick, and me and my dad are both United fans. It's terrible watching him, but I think he's getting in form. I think he's getting better. We did beat Brighton 2-0 in the week, but we barely did it in a way. But oh, it was he's, he doesn't look like he's a man, but he does. He's a bit like, is he right or not? It's, it's hard to tell. I I think the difference is, George, the chances that United are creating, because... Before Rangnick came along, um, they just weren't creating any chances. Now, they're not putting them away, which is really irritating, but you've got to be creating the chances first. So I'm not sure he... Well, he isn't the man because he's been he's only been appointed interim manager and that might be part of the problem. Very true, the players, very true. The players just aren't treating him like the manager and I think that might be the fundamental issue because, unfortunately... I think it's player power that's wreaking havoc at Man United. They got rid of Solskjaer, who I thought was doing a decent job, actually, um, when they believed in him. And then they just hit a rough patch and they decided, oh, he's not the man. Um, let's just stop playing for him. And then Rangnick's come in and it's possible they'll go the same way just because he's interim. Well, Solskjaer was interim at the start. And obviously, he, he t- he t- Solskjaer was... Okay, he just no, died. Did, no, Solskjaer wasn't interim. He was caretaker, which is different. Rangnick has been sort of put in, not not as a caretaker, but as interim, and somehow it feels different. It's almost like he's been put in interim, then he's going to go up and be director of football, and they're going to get another manager in. Whereas with caretakers, you're often thinking, and it often does happen in English football, the caretaker takes over because they have a little run in the side, and then actually they do pretty well. Yeah. So it's, it seems it seems different. It's almost like you know because Rangnick is is definitely going to go, um, or is he? We'll see. It doesn't. It also sometimes works out for caretakers like Solskjaer. I remember uh, Everton had Duncan Ferguson as their caretaker manager, and he beat I think he beat Liverpool. Liverpool. He also beat Chelsea, and he also beat someone like someone else. And then he got the main job, and then a month later he was sacked after that, despite his really good efforts. But I don't know about caretakers, but he's still got a lot to prove, Ralph. And there's still quite a bit of the season. He's yet to play a Champions League uh, knockout game. So we'll see what he's going to do that against Atletico Madrid. Anyways, moving on to to the other game we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about a brilliant game in the Europa League between Borussia Dortmund and uh, Glasgow Rangers. Oh, yeah. Now, I've got got to put my cards on the table. I'm not a massive Glasgow Rangers fan fan I've always been a bit partial to Celtic and then also Steven Gerrard was their manager um, uh, excellent full player so I'm not I'm not a massive Rangers fan but you can't 
argue against their performance this week. Absolutely stunning. Um, just the joy on the, the faces of the shirtless fans in sub-zero temperatures. Actually, I don't know whether it was sub-zero temperatures or not, but some of them didn't have their shirts on. Hey, they looked pretty cold to me, George. It's Germany, of course, it's going to be cold around that time. But um, uh, Dortmund, yeah, no Haaland. Bellingham bossing it still. He just looks good every time he steps in. He steps out in that yellow shirt, Bellingham, doesn't he? It'd be nice to get him... For England. Back over to... Yeah, it'd be nice to... Yeah, it'd be nice to it's good to see him in an England shirt regularly, I think. Um, but he, he, I don't know, maybe him or Declan Rice. Only 18-2. He's still got so much play time to go. Yeah, he just, he looks so much older than, than 18, doesn't he? Now, I'm just thinking about for United, George, you know, because it's um, all the talk is of Declan Rice, who is classy. Um, very classy, I think. But I don't know. I don't know. I think, I'm, I, think I might prefer Bellingham. No, I don't think, I don't think they're going to get someone like Declan Rice. Uh, but I think Declan Rice will be like Mark Noble. He's going to stay at West Ham all the time. He's going to get rumoured and whatnot. I think he wants to stay at West Ham all the time. No, I think he's a nailed-on United player next season. Really? Yeah. Anyway, Rangers have got to take the game back to Ibrox, where Dortmund could come ahead and win it. I don't know. Ibrox has an amazing atmosphere. Will Haaland be back? Uh, I don't actually know. I believe, I believe he won't be, but... We'll find out. We'll find out. Yeah, no, definitely. We'll definitely make a date and watch that. That'll be a cracking game. Welcome to section three of the podcast. Bit less football talk. Now we're going to move on to the world of rugby. Uh, England won 33 0 against Italy in the Six Nations, and France beat Ireland. Will France go on for the Grand Slam? They're the only team left who can win it with a Grand Slam. You watched more of the Italy game than I did. What would what did you what would you sum up the Italy Italy game like? That's well, I think how I would sum up the Italy game is I watched the wrong half um, because I watched the, the second half where England hardly scored um, any points. I think they scored a try at the at the start of the half and then a try at the at the end of the half. Um, and the first try was was good to watch, but in between, <clears throat> Italy just held held on to them, held them out kept them at bay and you thought oh no you know what I mean they, Italy were never going to win but you were kind of thinking why aren't you pressing home your advantage England you've got all so much of the ball so much out wide but we missed the Marcus Smith show did you see any of that George? Uh, I saw the highlights Marcus Smith is really good he was brilliant against Scotland despite him winning and I've seen Marcus Smith play for Harlequins quite a few times and he's brilliant and people were concerning were concerned about him starting for England but they're all wrong. Marcus Smith is so good. Replacing Owen Farrell. Him and Owen Farrell look so good. So good. But I don't think we're going to win the Six Nations. But I don't know. I just can't wait for Marcus Smith to play against France to see what he can do. He's an amazing young player. Are we playing in France? I think England have to travel to France, don't yes, they? Yes, we have to travel to France. Yeah, that makes it that makes it tough. I mean, you know, the thing is, it, England always struggle when they travel. So, I mean, if they've got... Wales, Ireland and France to play, who've traditionally been the toughest of England's opponents. And usually when they um, usually when they're playing one or, or two, one or more of them away, they don't win. They don't win a Grand Slam. So, uh, I mean, they can't win a Grand Slam because they've lost it's their opening game against game. Scotland, of course. But they can win the championship uh, if, if they beat everyone else in front of them, I think. 
Although they, they'll have to score another bonus point, I think, to be absolutely sure. But anyway, Marcus Smith, just amazing. Low centre of gravity, really quick hands, um, even quicker feet, I think. Uh, seems to have vision. I mean, diff totally different to Farrell. Farrell's a Bruce of a man. More of a centre, I think, these yeah, days yeah, than number 10. Yeah, he is, 10. but he's also kind of replacing Farrell in some way. Moving on to the fourth and final section where I'm going to talk to you about tennis as Felix Aliassi won the uh, Rotterdam ATP. But on the way, he had to beat two Brits in the round of 16 where every where uh, the players enter. He had to beat Andy Murray from Great Britain and then he had to beat uh, Great Britain's number one tennis player, Cam Nori, and he met Tit to Pass in the final, who's a brilliant player too. But he won that. Felix Aliassi is one of my favourite players. Uh, he's really versatile. He's he's like a he's like a Kylian Mbappe of tennis. He moves so <laughs> well and brilliant. And he's brilliant. He's brilliant for Canadian tennis. We haven't had many great Canadians from tennis, despite him having French. I think his parents might be from France. We grew up in Canada, so he represents Canada. But it's still very impressive. And yeah, well done to him. Moving on to the uh, world of the Winter Olympics, Britain. Never, never so good. We're in the chance for winning a uh, silver medal or gold in the curling. Norway currently on 15 medals as we speak. Gold medals winning winning the Winter Olympic. I know it's not winning, but they have the most. Anyway, what would you say? Yeah, that's really about, I mean, uh, Norway, incredible, uh, incredibly sporting nation, I think. I mean, for them, because it's, it's a tiny nation. They're a much bigger Winter Olympic nations than Norway and for them to be ahead of the medals table and getting medals across the board from what I can see not just I mean you know the, um, the ski jump they're always strong in that I think uh, cross-country skiing um, skiathlon I think is that like this sort of the one where they or is it biathlon I think it might be called skiathlon where they have to ski and then shoot pretty good at that yeah fabulous absolutely re really impressed of course one of the wealthiest nations in the world despite being one of the smallest or maybe because of being one of the smallest. So yeah, put always always put out a really good, uh, really good team. And it looks yeah, we're looking to the curlers in Britain to give um, to give us some yeah medals. But you know, terribly Im impressive. Of course, we did curling once, didn't we, George? Yes, in, uh, I, yeah, I did. I played. Surrey. I played a bit of curling. Very very fun. Yeah, it is fun. There's a lot of fun. But we've only got a couple of days left of the Winter Olympics, and then it finishes off. So hopefully we can win a medal. And obviously we have. We're guaranteed a gold or yes. silver. Yeah. So silver would be good. And before we finish off this podcast and sign off, I got one question to ask my dad. Khan or Brooke? Who's going to win the fight? I would say Khan is the better fighter. We'll have to we'll have to wait and see. I I would say Khan probably has the edge, but I don't know what they um they haven't had the weigh in, so we haven't seen them, you know, what they look like with their shirts off after all that training and everything like that. So wait and see. And it'll be interesting because they do they do genuinely don't seem to like each other. It's often made up that stuff to sell tickets. But um they've been making it up for a very long yeah, time. Seventeen years in the making this fight has been going on for I don't know, I am not a particular fan of Amir Khan. So I'm gonna go for Brooke. I just think he's a better boxer, but they're very, very similar. Okay, that is it from us. We'll talk more Champions League next week as we will go over the United win, hopefully. But a uh, big thanks to my co-host, Dad. 
Yeah, thank you very much, George. Really enjoyed it. Great, uh, great sporting week. I hope next week is just as good. No problem. Anyways, we'll see you next week. Don't forget to leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this. Thank you and goodbye.